um, and not a Sony computer. <laughs> <laughs> they did have Linux on the Man doesn't care as long as he can run Linux. Yeah. He's buying it. Just like the Steam Deck. <laughs> have you have you actually nice ordered a Steam Deck, or are you just planning I on? No, no, I did pre-order. I'm waiting for it to just hit my bank account and ship. And we are live. Hey. On the bombshell <laughs> that Matt loves Linux, which is Shock. going to be his new Twitter handle, or one word. Um, uh, yes, we are Pixel Pints. We are the only podcast that talks about two things that we enjoy, which is good beer and video games. We're not here to remain drinking. Please drink responsibly. Please podcast responsibly, as Joe Rogan found out. Um, and it's not just about getting different points of view. It's about spewing stuff that may influence um, well-standing um, scientific material, uh, which is why in the UK we are having growing rates of measles in children, um, because the anti-vax movement is threatening children's health. But it's okay, because someone online on YouTube said that vaccines cause autism. The stupid bastards. But there's no politics in this show, like there is no politics in video games. You know what there is in video games? Fun and microtransactions. That's it. <laughs> That's right. That's um, and soon to be NFTs, but we won't touch on that because it's all a scam. Um, <laughs> before, I, before I introduce yeah. um, our very special guests on this very special crossover episode uh, where two people have, um, I'm, I'm assuming, used uh, GPS data uh, and or a hard copy map and compass um, to escape from the, a forest of their own polygonal design to join us on this show. Um, uh, Matt, what's the temperature in Las Vegas? Oh, shit, I didn't have that pulled up. I was going to tell you about how I had to wake up early today to go take my dog to the vet. Um, it's fucking crazy. She was making weird noises when she was breathing, and it woke me up. And so we called the vet, and they're like, all right, we'll bring the dog down. So we brought the dog down. And the vet goes, yeah, it's a reverse sneeze. So what the fuck is a reverse sneeze? This is like 6.30 oh, yeah, in the morning. Yeah. It's like 6.30 it's in the morning. And she's, yeah, and she's like, well, how old is the dog? I'm like, 14. She's like, 13 or 14. Like, 13 or 14 months? I'm like, no, 13 or 14 years. Like, I have to, I have to feed this dog pills every day. Like, I thought she was dying. And she's like, no, no it's a reverse sneeze. You're okay. There's a cool little trick where you put your hand over their nose so they can't breathe through their nose, and then it sort of like get. Are we talking about killing the dog right now? Like, <laughs> start to breathe. Where's Evan? Oh, Evan doesn't want to hear this. We are on completely the wrong podcast for any talk about yeah, any this kind is of. The wrong podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, although I did see on um, Twitter uh, a friend of Corey and Brian. Shout out to Corey and Brian. Terribly sorry to see your um, a starting point go, but. You've got you've got to take that Chris Pratt money. Um, just just Chris sell Evans the name of the show money. to him. Chris Evans. Chris. Yeah, yeah whichever. Who cares? Uh, uh, Chris Evans is MCU a much better anymore. person than Chris Pratt. Let's just. Let's yeah. Well. Um, yeah. Just take take his money. Stop your show. Um, I, but I did see on Twitter someone someone woke up to find a cat in their bath. 
except for the fact that their do- all their doors and windows were closed and they don't own a cat. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a problem. Um, uh, so, Matt, you've, one, not told us what the temperature in LA is, and two, didn't use the time telling us the story of well, he Daisy. doesn't Well, he doesn't know the temperature of LA because he's in... He's in Las Vegas. It's sixteen. It's sixteen C in LA. Thank you very much. But but we're supposed to hit. It's it's supposed to be a major high here. We we're in a major heat wave. Uh, So it's going to be the hottest Super Bowl on record. Um, Ninety degrees Fahrenheit, which is probably I think eighty four was the last time it was that warm. Well, before we ask before we ask Vin and Chris their Super Bowl predictions. but that, that the blank look on both their faces. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mitch, how how are things in LA? Uh, things are good. Things are crazy. I I'm, I'm trying to find a process of new place to live while I'm interviewing for a new job, and I have to go on vacation in uh, one week and a day from today. So a lot of stuff I gotta uh, get do, done. Hang on, hang on. Do you have to go on vacation, or do you want to go on vacation? Uh, at this moment, I don't know if I want to go because I don't. I want to make sure I have a place to live when I come home because I gotta find a place by the end of the month with a roommate. So, but we sent our application, and I think we'll be okay. So, just a lot of things in wait, and it causes stress, and I just want it to all be over, you know. And then I can go on vacation yeah. and relax, and you know, enjoy the sun, all that kind of stuff. But you're in LA, isn't that just permanent sun? Uh, um, it right, is, and, but it is, it, but it's a little chillier this in in the winter time. We have a heat wave right now, but I'm gonna go down to Mexico, so that's gonna be more fun. I'm sure there's a song about that, but it doesn't spring to mind right now. Dan, oh Mexico, how, <laughs> there you go. Dan, how's things with you now that there, yeah. now that there are no masks at all in use anywhere? Good. Great. Nice to hear. Yeah, good. <laughs> Lincoln's nine degrees and raining. Standard February weather. Uh, I'm going to enjoy my half-term holiday as much as I can. And uh, it's nice to be back on after a bit of a break. Well, it's disappointing that Scotland played like shite yesterday. Yeah, that's um, But it wasn't so bad because I didn't get to see it because I was out enjoying myself as a pre-birthday dinner. Yay me. Um, right, getting to our very special guests, starting with... A man who's um, more viral. Uh, if he were to be more viral, he would have to come with his own World Health Organization warning. Um, Mr. Uh, Vin Hill. Hello. Vin, how are things in Canada? Have you been supporting or not supporting truckers? I think is the main question. <laughs> uh, I Genuinely, I only found out about this like yesterday. I just, for the first time, I looked at my phone and I was like, police are removing truckers from the US border in Canada. What the hell is happening? And then I read the article and I was like, what is happening? So, yeah. Well, the crazy part about that is like only like 5% are not vaccinated. So it's a very small portion trying to speak for a larger group that already has done it. So like it doesn't even matter. It's so weird. Yeah, I did the whole thing like passes me by, but yeah, I I only just saw the story yesterday, so I've yet to form an opinion on truckers. <laughs> <laughs> but it is cold here in Montreal. It's really really cold. It's like minus eighteen C. Um, snow as always. So it could be. I, I was going to do your introduction in French, um, but then I realised that I don't speak French, nor do I have the inclination to learn. All that I know is voulez-vous à Venois ce soir? No. No, voulez-vous accoucher? Avec moi. Avec moi. Avec moi. Avec. 
Avec a French moi. person is watching this like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, if I ask you all of us to take you home tonight and sleep with you is an interesting <laughs> <laughs> The only thing I remember from French class is uh Skile Lace Baby, which is that baby is ugly. But <laughs> <laughs> Last, I can, I can imagine there's definitely a use case for that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere. It's been said. Yeah. And and finally but not least, uh Chris, welcome him from somewhere where it's, it's 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 mysterious because you make pixels out of acrylic, but you and Vin never actually talk about where where you do your indie stuff, or have I missed that? No, I guess we don't talk about like location. I'm just like home based for my indie stuff, so I just do that at home in uh, in Toaster in Northamptonshire. So that's, that's ah, where I'm based. Nice, just near the you're not too far away from Dan. Yeah, just near Silverstone. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so now we've got good friends who live in Toaster. Cool. Oh God, get a room. Jeez. Oh, break, breaking news, fellas! Breaking news. It has been revealed that Pixel Pines has hold, pulled a Microsoft, and we are acquiring Polygon Forest. <laughs> So does that make you the Microsoft? Is that, is that, so Mitch is the Microsoft now? Okay. Yeah, I'm spending, I'm spending daddy's money. That's what I do best. That's all I do. I spend daddy's money. I don't do anything except spend daddy's money. Mitch is what he hates the most. He's become who he hates the most. Well, if I had that much money, I would not, I would spend just daddy's money all day long and not work. Absolute Mitchdom corrupts Mitch Salutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you both very much for coming on and letting us um, un undermine your competency in whatever it is you do for a living. That's fair. And with a, a group of idiot know nothing idiots who know nothing about how to make games, um, which we learned, Matt, you've never made a game, have you? No, I never have. It's because you can't do it on Linux. That's why it's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, um, Mitch, transition. Does oh. anyone have any beers or beverages they want to talk about? Well, I have four for you guys to pick me to drink one. I've, I've got two, and are I'm they, just going to drink both, because that's how I, they, I roll. Are they the same fruit beers that you've had for? Nope, these are brand new beers. Brand new ones. A brand, a, a special crossover episode deserves brand new crossover beers. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay, let's see what we got here. Uh, so this is a San, it's a San Diego. It's called. Uh, oh, there goes the ice casing. Uh, ball, ball, uh, ballast point, uh, brewery. Oh, Ballast Point. Yeah, they're good. Ballast Point. Uh, so it's, there's a long fang. I prefer Mitch's pronunciation. Yeah, I like my Ballast. pronunciation better. Ballast. Ballast. Ballast Point Brewery. Ballast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like haul ass. <laughs> there you go. Um, so we have an Indian Pale Ale. We got... Two favorite things. A lager. Uh, we got uh, Indian Pale Ale with uh, grapefruit. Okay. And then the first one I was showing was a like a lager. So which one, fellas? I think I put the lagers away. And, uh... Lagers away. The one with the balls and ass. Like I think that's that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. So it's the I guess we have the two Indian pale ales. Like they're they're actually both uh the the theme is fish, so they're all um Yeah. It's nautical. Cool 
And then this is the one with grapefruit. Do the grapefruit one. I think you'll probably like it. Okay. Mm. I do have to show... Where is it? There is one of... Oh, this one's cool. This one is eating another fish. Nice. So, yeah, I'll go with the grapefruit one. If I have time, I'll drink another one. But I got to play tennis later, too. So I, I'm not just going to sit on my bum all day long there, uh, Keith. Maybe it'll make it better. Just drink them all. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. My it's reflexes really would be great, great you know? It's, yeah. it's tennis, not slash ball. <laughs> You'll think you're great, even if the person you're playing with doesn't. So it's exactly. Okay. There it is. <laughs> uh, my partner would be my partner right. would be very upset with me, <laughs> being like, "What the f are you doing?" Like it was in. <laughs> right. Whilst whilst Mitch is opening, um, my beer is sponsored by mild xenophobia. Wow. What the... Wow. Wow. The so. I feel dizzy. Rainbow Sherbet sound from Guaylo Brewing. Um, ah, yes, the Guaylo Brewer. Interesting. What have I got? I've um, got Freak Ale Works, um, Phantom Pale nice. Ale. It's just one from Aldi. Nice. Uh, but it's Big like, a, I think it's a Beaver Town like knockoff. Um, yeah, it looks like they like to do those. Ray. <laughs> yeah, it's a Gamma Ray knockoff, so it's it's nice. Yeah. Right, Mitch. He is not happy about that. No, it's, it's pretty good. It's actually pretty good. I like it. Right. Um, I'm used to I'm used to way more weedy beers, and this one is definitely not weedy at all. So yeah. it's dry. If, if I say anything, it's drier. It tastes drier, but it's got the. It doesn't taste the the. I don't taste the grapefruit, but I smell it. That's what, yeah, that's what must, a lot of my beers are like. You must, yeah, I guess it's more of a aroma. Badly, Still badly good. brewed. I dig it. Right, so this is Rainbow sh rainbow Sherbet Sour, sour. Ale. 4.5% uh, and it's 10 IBUs. And I fully expected to hate it. And I don't. Oh, shit. This is, this, this is a 7. <laughs> <laughs> Which is going to enjoy it. Well, okay. you're only going to need that one, and you'll be having a great time playing tennis. <laughs> I'm having a great a... time. <laughs> so, uh, yes, you're, getting... you're meant to get hints of raspberry and lemon, which you definitely do. The snozberries taste like snozberries. This would actually be bitter, <laughs> but then it's got a really bitter finish, which is... Um, quite, it... quite, quite contrasting to the, the the sourness that you initially get, and then it goes bitter, and then goes sour again. It's actually quite a, a complex. Christ, I sound oh. snobby. I sound like Evan. <laughs> you don't sound like Evan. I don't think it's possible. Like <laughs> well, there's, there's you, some you don't have your wife coming in and out of the show constantly, no. especially when he mentions his wife won't be in the show anymore. To be fair, also the other thing is you, you haven't got five glasses. To like pull down to compare which one's the best one to pour your beer into. Um, yeah, so I, this is the second sour beer that I've had in a couple of days that I fully expected to hate, and it's actually really refreshing. And at four point five percent, this would be a really really nice summer beer not to drink in the middle of February. Yeah. Right, Dan, do you have anything? Chris, would you like to give us some tasting notes off your knockoff? I should have something, uh, but I don't. I'm just failed. I have 
all that time away and you fail us. Sorry. Yeah, I was um, up until. The knockoff is good knockoff. Not to say, tastes like good. It's like a knockoff. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Tastes like um, chicken. Right. So, um, Matt, Vin, I, I assume your your coffee is going down. Yeah, well. I've I've literally got a I've got a non-alcoholic Irish coffee. I think that's the best way to describe it. Um, tastes like coffee. Yeah, it's I, it's too early for me to start oh, drinking because yeah. I I didn't even on Super Bowl Sunday. Well, I was up until three playing Edge of Eternity, and um, <laughs> I was up till three playing Sifu. <laughs> yeah, and I I stopped because I ran out of beers, and I was like, oh, and, I, and I looked at the time, and I was like, beer is, is required it? to play that this game. Right. <laughs> that's that's off. I think you're explaining how how someone needs to play this game. You can't play the game without a beer. I don't know if that's a good it's, thing about the game or a bad thing about the game. No, dude, it's just solid. Like I, it's rare for a game to to hit me and take me. Um, where three hours feels like 30 minutes. Like, I look at the clock, like, oh, shit, this, the time just went by. Um, I, I think a certain really... Commander Shepard um, Can... might have some words with you about you well, playing that as opposed to the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which I also yeah, know you own. I know, but it's it's free on Game Pass, and I've been curious about it, and they just came out with the console version, so I had to check it out. You didn't have to. You chose to. You made the decision I, I to do so. To, yeah. Yeah. No one was forcing your hand. There, Willis. Right. So, moving on, I, I'm going to really struggle to keep you a lot on track, aren't I? Um, mm. we, so, it was very, very nice for Vin and Chris to um, accept an invitation onto this show with a bunch of know nothing, development ignorant, podcast operating people well, from to, around the world. We've got to educate the, uh, the public somehow. That's the only jobs. Well, if you want to educate the public, we regularly get double digit views. <laughs> <laughs> the public are right. Uh, so, we get a very similar amount. I think it's, yeah. You have way more subscribers than we do on YouTube. Yeah, but we um, don't get as many views. Like, so, yeah, it, we might have the people coming back, but they don't click on Watch your thing. <laughs> they also do have prettier graphics than we do. Yeah, Mitch, yeah. sort your life out. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I keep forgetting yeah. to make the thumbnails. I had to. Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. So uh, there was a couple. There was a couple of things on. Advice. Get a concept artist to join your podcast, and then you don't have to worry about drawing. Things. Well, we, we have, well, we, we have we one. Have that's what. That's how we made these graphics oh. for us. Um, but to like make the thumbnails is I, I don't want to ask him to do that. So I I've been doing yeah, them myself, but then I keep forgetting to do it. Yeah, M Michael's busy flitting from the UK to Romania to build um, mobile games. Um, to yeah. gouge gouge people for microtransactions because what else yeah. do mobile games do? And make record profits and give none of it to their employees. See, now you're talking about CD Projekt Red. Um, mm, I think I'm talking about every company. Yeah. So there was a couple of things on your, well, I think it was your last two episodes that sparked questions in my mind that, and that I wanted to kind of draw out from your brain since you understand how the system works um so the i think your the last episode you guys were talking no your second to last episode you were talking about bioware magic hmm. which isn't actually magic at all it's just crunch <laughs> and well um, it's also a hope and a prey 
and that, that thing that things come together correctly that's what the, the magic yeah, at least that's because, like, that's my interpretation of the context. magic yeah it gives some context to it it's basically like bioethic years just like delivered stuff at last minute through crunch and just somehow they just kept sticking the landing and getting nines and tens on every game that they put out and then it just all came to a head when it came to uh, anthem and it just it didn't land that time and then that's when everyone looked at it and was just like what the hell is happening over there and then it all came out and that's where the biomagic bioware magic sort of quote came from but yeah uh, as i think um, the other thing is <clears throat> oh, sorry. no go for it i think the other thing that bioware magic is it doesn't really go over it in um, the interview with mark dara but it's what Vin Vin's told me this before. It's like everything comes together at last minute. So you could work on something and work on something, and it just appears like you're not getting anywhere. And then when all the art happens, and when all the res uh, resolution happens, and and when all the sound gets dropped in at the last, you know, the last herd or last the last stretch, it, it appears that your productivity is spiking, but it's not. It's just been a steady progression of work. And it's just the illusion that it all comes together at the last minute when. It, right. It's not really the, the reality. <laughs> and this is what I wanted. Shut up, Matt. Jesus, don't talk over people. It's rude. <laughs> um, so, like we planned it. <laughs> so, right. Hands up if you have a formal project management qualification and worked in projects for the last 15 years. Okay. Did you just do right. that just yeah. to make yourself look good? No, I just did it for context. Um, um, so... You're also saying that you're old, is what you're also trying to yes, say. Yes, I am. We'll get to that. We'll get to that later on when we do some fun stuff. Um, I have worked on various different projects um, over the last fifteen years. I have never, ever worked on a single project that is planned. How you're taught how to plan a project, yeah. and from my experience and everyone else who I know who works in project management and production and project management seem to be very similar disciplines. I would work on the assumption that the games industry work on the same basis, which is here's your deadline, work backwards in order to meet it. Not what project management tells you to do, which is you're starting from here, work through and tell us how much time and resource you need to deliver this product to this um, level of quality within your budget. Am I correct in my assumption? You are, but it doesn't quite go that way with games whatsoever because you can't think about it as a whole project. You have to look at it in terms of the milestones, but even like smaller than that sometimes. Like so, it's you're really managing the slices of a project rather than the whole thing. I mean, you can guess, I guess, but like as soon as something happens with one of them slices. Then you have to reassess everything because it can be systemic and affect every single one of the other slices. So something that you think will take two months can actually take six because it's affected everything else. So Which if I if I do my research right and you can correct me, is like you, you evaluate these things in two week sprints in a sense of just assigning yeah, the project the, specifically. The and then um, that sprint you go through all the things and then you evaluate each week as you're going through those things of is there hurdles coming into play where you kind of use the sprints to anticipate the the issues that come into play that could be systemic so that they don't become longer problems. Yeah, pretty much. It's just because when you get good project managers, they can sort of predict how much it's going to systemically affect things going forward. So like when you get a really good 
games development manager, they, they know what the hell they're doing. Um, they, they normally like detect these things pretty early on. Like, this is going to be a huge problem in six months' time when we get to doing this other thing. So, like, you get a sense of them, but there's, there's, it's impossible to say, okay, we're going to start this game now, and it's going to come out in 2025 on this date, and if we plan everything right, it will happen. It's just, that is an impossibility that gamers sort of believe that, like, there's this mythical thing of, like, well, if you just plan it right, it'll work, right? It's like, no, it's not. This doesn't work that way. It, I wish it did, but it just doesn't. So That's where robust change management needs to needs to work and it seems as though bioware failed in that for whatever reason they had the they had such a, a vision for anthem so set that any of the problems they encountered they weren't willing to pivot well that's even or more least, true with a project if you like never done it what like that before like anthem what, is, is it, entirely what, EA, new we're forcing of, a but, we're forcing an rpg well, company well, to, to make a third person ongoing live service game is that what you're saying, Mitch? Basically. No, it's not more as the company is forcing them to do so. But like when you take on a project that's completely new to that does tackle that does add more time to a project. It's like you can't say like, oh, this team has made RPGs really well and and in space throughout the what how many Mass Effect was like ten years basically, and so then it's like okay, tackle tackle this kind of project. And when when you try to do something like that, it's like you can't just say, oh, this game's gonna come out in five years because you have you might have to hire new people. Like um, similar to Guerrilla Games, they hired a person that knew quest design really really well. And I only know this because it was in the No Clip documentary. But they hired somebody that not only did plot really well, but knew how to tie it into side quest mm. and knew okay, we need to tackle major. Plot, we need to tackle major quests first and then you can divvy down and do all the side quests as extra stuff and whatever you don't get to that's okay because it's side stuff it's not the main stuff so like if that's something they never had to think about in perspective and so that's something when you tackle a new project like makes total sense well, doesn't some of it have to do with the all of the different parts that are coming together too like all the different departments or have their own deliverables that they have to... pause, I want to pause you there for a second because I wanted to get Chris's take on so with on how does how does the kind of project management side of it work as, as at an indie level? Because um, the whole point about just to, for a point of clarification for anyone watching or listening who doesn't who didn't understand what Mitch was talking about when he was talking about sprints. Sprints comes from a specific style of project management called Agile, which was um, created during um, the peak of app development, which you allows you to work on something for a very short period of time. If something is or isn't working, you can then progress it or bin it. Um, and but it's become much more. That's a very, that's a massive oversimplification, but um, it's become so much more mainstream now that everyone thinks every project can be managed in an agile way, which it can't. Equally, you can't manage. Um, say well, well, Keith. Technically, just to correct you the video game industry doesn't tackle mainly in agile and scrum they tackle in waterfall that's the main method that they like to use at least and that's what my um been in been reaching out to companies and a lot of them ask you to be understanding of waterfall style man it uh, under, understand water well water waterfall sorry waterfall style you know the beer jesus christ yeah. uh, it's just uh, i know which, which, <laughs> the waterfall which water uh uh 
style in regards to understanding project creation. So, but they yeah, can which started in, more. which started in the construction industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, from Chris, your point of view, a, a kind of indie level, how does project management work? Can you actually be more? And I'm going to hate myself for saying this. Agile. Uh, yes, indie devs I find can always be more agile than they actually are. But part of working in like a one-man team means that you can work on whatever's taking your fancy at whatever time. Because I'm going to be the most productive when I'm doing things I want to do. Mm. In in some ways it's kind of easier. In some ways you get more sidetracked. So I I don't have to think about agile because I don't have to work with other people. I don't have to think are these people going to be done by X, Y, and Z so that we can sign off this milestone. So, for example, I've done 50% of my levels, um, just blocking them out to get them ready for a playable state. And I'm now going back and doing a um, uh, and doing a, a vertical slice to get the visuals kind of working and the sound working. So I'm, I'm doing it in a kind of roundabout way that's just taking my fancy. The work all needs to get done. I might drop some stuff. Stuff might get lopped off and thrown in the bin. And it might get more... Um, compacted down um, and that's not terrible because I'm not wasting any money um, I'm only wasting my own time but as long as I'm finding it interesting and engaging and I'm learning then it's it's actually all useful so that's the benefits of, of doing it the the downside and the, the the things that I get caught up on and, and the things that we that devs kind of um, talk about a lot is just noodling, just wasting too much time going down a rabbit hole. Um, feature mm-hmm. creep, just like thinking, oh, I can add a few, few features here and there. Have, haven't got any producers that are going to breathe down my neck and say, no, we haven't got time. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a passion project, so why the hell not? You know. Um, so those are, are, the, are the pitfalls for the indie dev. We don't have like producers keeping us in mind. So it's a very, very different kettle of fish, I think. A AAA action adventure game. I think AAA studios can take good practices and learn from each other whereas indie devs sometimes it just comes down to whatever project you're working on there'll be a completely different method that will be the most productive and but finding whatever that method is again is difficult because with indie games a lot of the time what you're making is completely unique like i've i've i can draw from other indie games as influence but what i'm making myself i think is fairly unique which is one of the reasons why i'm making it and therein lies the problem in that no one knows the best way to make the game mm-hmm. I'm making, except I can guess. Mm-hmm. And I'll know when I finish what would have been the best way of doing it. So, yeah. It's, well, <laughs> it's well, when you, when you write that book... Answer. When you write that book, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How to make my game. <laughs> um, so, so I, might do, see, I might do some like, yeah, tutorials or something. It would be interesting to see uh, your annual performance review. No, from yourself myself. yeah i've got a strong words myself i've been slacking uh and yeah i hired myself and i didn't really know how to code so i've hired a complete novice which is really bad you know advice don't hire a novice that doesn't know coding for a coding position it's just uh yeah you just come across a lot of pitfalls and they spend all their time just watching youtube tutorials on ha- how to do this code <laughs> So yeah, I, 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 he knows I can see him, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I heard, <laughs> I, I've heard him with Dick though, so you know. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but it, like to that though, Chris, I think there's there is like a point in indie dev when it comes to that though, where 
if you're if you're an indie dev and, you, and you're constantly like getting lost in what you're doing, it's actually not a bad idea to sort of take the the AAA mindset sometimes when it's winning games because I I need the milestone thing, I need the sprint when I'm working on my own stuff, even as a solo dev because I need to stay focused. Otherwise, I will just meander and, and wander around and not ever finish the project. That's why like games like Owlboy took ten years to make. It's because he was just like, I'll work on this for a bit. That's why um, Stardew Valley, if you ever read about that. Like it took him like six years or something to make and he was just constantly I'll learn I'll remake these pixel sprites for six months and he just did that over and yeah. over again that's I mean mm. it worked out for him obviously he's a multi-millionaire now but yeah it's just yeah it's, it's well there's also a, there's also a smart way to approach it being like you know there there is a way to approach it as a small developer team without, uh, doubt. without a doubt because you could just go like hey you know I really like working on this aspect of my game well, what you can do is just nook cranny it, feed it in into your sprints. So like say you're doing a two week sprint of saying, I want to complete three separate milestones and you can like the bigger objective of the thing you really enjoy, which is the level design being like, okay, well, I'll focus on one level today. I mean, one level for the two week sprint, but I also need to get done these things, which I don't find as fun, but at least I'm going to get the satisfaction because that's part of agile and, and, and sprint is the, the philosophy of it is you as a team, when you're making the decision of what to work on your two week sprint. Um, I'm only speaking this from experience of not working as game development, but I I've taken multiple uh, certifications in agile and sprint trying to get in the video game industry. So that's the only reason why I know some of the basic aspects of agile and sprint, but some of the aspects of it is making sure that the team is interested in what they're actually working on because it does increase productivity but you do have to layer in things that they might not be as excited about because they do have to get done and if you do all the fun things first then the production might drop dramatically because you are not working on things you're passionate about or really enjoying I th honestly i think the biggest problem with all of like the the sprint stuff and, and project management and all that and it's it's very easy to see like on an indie level as well mm. and that is project scope like that's the biggest thing which is the which makes all of these problems more than anything it's like whenever i meet an indie dev and they're saying things like oh i'm making an mmo with an indie team it's like that game is never getting made and way too big <laughs> you're gonna never going to finish it it's like yeah. no indie no indie dev has ever finished an mmo but they're all working on one apparently um and it's the same for the triple a market like if their scope's too big and if they've just got this way over ambitious idea like it's much easier to build upon something than it is to strip stuff away well um, and you think but you also want that mind to try to try to expand as far as possible like awesome. an example would be the the god of war game from cory barlog in 2018 like apparently that whole oh god shut up about it we know it's your favorite game <laughs> jesus i, I only know because I, I only know this because obviously the documentary and this is all stuff that yeah. i like do my research on for d game developers yeah. and um oh jesus yeah. what it was it was it uh <laughs> uh it was one of the areas the one with the angels the dark the elves the dark elves and the light elves i forgot what um area it's called this is your favorite game really okay it's yeah. been a while but anyway uh they said they said that's that area with As the dark fun? elves I, it yeah, wasn't Muspelheim. Right. It was. It's Muspelheim. It? Was it Muspelheim? Muspelheim. I'm not sure. Okay. Actually, okay. No, I'm, not... I'm working on a game with with Viking mythology at the moment. But but anyway. But anyway, so the the thing that they he mentioned in it that the whole conflict between the dark elves and the light elves that actual map was like three times bigger than what actually you played it in, and they had to cut it in mid development because they realized 
the scope is too big. And that's, that's the really like, that's the tools of a producer to be able to come in and say, okay, you know, we do have to cut this. Like the game will still be great, but you have to cut this year because one, we have deadlines and two, it's a balance. Mitch, what you're talking about is, um, and I've, I've had this from my experience working with creative people. I'm, I'm a more analytical minded person than I am a creative. So I I would be on the same point with you as well. I can't create. Um, so I'm, I'm never going to be able to do, to do what um, Chris and Vin do for a living. What I can do is put parameters around how those people work. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you're talking about, in particularly, again, this is me hypothesizing rather than saying something from experience. Um, is it trying... If you've got a group of people who are all creatives, who are all wanting to work towards some kind of shared vision without someone who can actually actually kind of pause that, pause that, pause that thought and say, actually, you need to pay this back because otherwise you'll never deliver anything. Um, that can be very difficult. And you can end up in um, a mindset of confirmation biases. Oh, yes, we need to do this or that doesn't look good enough. So let's redesign everything again. So you can end up with that kind of wasted effort. And you need someone to say, no, good is good enough. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what yep. you're saying is that Bioware should have hired a cat herder instead of a production manager. <laughs> well, but, or just a well, better, Bio- better production manager. I agree, Mitch. It should, they just needed bad management. That's well, all. Like, and, and, that's, all like, that's the only thing that causes crunch is bad management. That's it. That's the single only reason. Yeah, and then the other element with that was like, yeah, the director left midway through the process of the game. That's a huge change for the development too. Like, like that. That's the vision, and that can change yeah. entirely the vision of what you're trying to create. But I mean, that, one last thing I'm going to mention quick before you hop in, because I'm going to cut you off like Burkoff. That's that's <laughs> just not fair. That's just mean. Um, it's, but something I noticed in my research, um, in my searching to get into the games industry is that I found that a lot of indie developers and you guys can correct me if I'm incorrect on this one is a lot of the times I see ones that have shipped at least one game always have at least one producer on staff. Um, They may not, they may have less, they may have more than one, but they always at least have one. Um, I've noticed in all the, uh, whenever I try to apply to those positions is they, they always just had one at least, which I think might be to their benefit to help them ship the game. So Chris, who's your producer? So, yeah, so Chris, you need to employ yourself as producer and you'll be fine. Dude. So you can just give yourself oh, another title. Hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking. <laughs> hey, no, that's the joke, isn't it? At the end of an indie game, the credits... Yeah, well, it might just be that you've heard those indie games, heard of those indie games because they had a producer, and so the successful indie games are going to have more people than one man band. Like, you can count on one hand how many sort of one man band indie games are successful, um, and so having a producer as part of the team, I think it like maybe you know. The chances of it being successful are exponential. The more people you have, I think, on the team, I think that's, that's mm. probably something. I don't know what the stats are, but that's what my guess is, just just based on that information. Because it's so easy to make a game and go off and do something else when there's no one to answer to and no one to disappoint. So yeah, difficult. Other to than yourself, to make a game difficult to finish a game. 
Oh, it's impossible. Yeah. It's nearly impossible to finish a game. Anyone can start making a game. Like, you can boot up Unity and look at a couple of tutorials, like a couple of Brackies videos, and you're done. Like, yeah, I can make a character controller move. It's like, it's the easiest thing in the world. But shipping a game, it's nearly impossible, man. It's really hard. Yeah, particularly with Sony's commercial side. I've heard they're a nightmare to deal with. Um, Not so as Matt. Nintendo, though. And, yeah, Matt, go Also, no. also speaking, Nintendo of, will speaking put anything of experience... On the that but, is fair. These days they will. You're right. Well, they'll put Vince game on on Nintendo eShop, so at least we'll get some sales, no matter what. <laughs> well, at least it's an easy way to get your game in there, no matter what. So, like in case that someone pushes back against you, you can just go. It's in the in. It's on the Nintendo Game Store. Right. Matt, I wanted to go back to your point, um, but from a slightly different angle, which yeah. is we know particularly we're going to pick Vince brain, and then Chris can add some comedic value on how he's worked with himself um during lockdown um that's a real question right uh, I don't know wow that where's the hit where's the hidden where's the hidden shiv that you just put in there and then right there the goal is not to embarrass the the guests yeah seriously do you want them to come back <laughs> Well, that's, I suppose that's up to them. They knew what they were getting into with me. Well, I was hoping I was hoping they'd invite us to their show, and I don't think that's going to happen now. Well, they, after they, that. Might, they might invite you all. But yeah, I we'll might mysteriously not be free. Right. <laughs> yeah, I got lost. On this one. Yeah. Um, but Matt, what you were talking about was the compartmentalization of game development. Yeah. Um, so obviously that needs to happen because most large projects you're not going to have all of the disciplines within a specific team. You'll need to have elements developed by different people. In, and from um, Ubisoft, that could be different people from umpteen different time zones. Right, right. Um, yeah, I just I find it fascinating because it seems like the the more a project scales up or the larger a team gets, the more that happens, the more there's divisions, and it's yeah. more like it's more like uh, a bunch of developers working on one certain aspect of it, and then at the end is when everything just sort of gets pushed together and either works or it doesn't. And um, but that's why producers are so important because they're they're kind of that keel voice. I mean, they meet the. The reason why they're full-time employees is because they meet so often to make sure that the vision of the game is consistent throughout the entire time, that each mm -hmm. element of it is going to match up with the other elements that they have. And that's why it's basically almost like their manager. It's like uh, making sure like when you go to a rock concert that you're, you're going to the right one. Like it's, it's like, oh, I'm not going to take my heavy metal band to a pop concert. Like that's, that's, a, that's a stupid festival to take them to. But when you take all the pop concerts and you put them together... Yeah, it's going to be a kick-ass show. So, like, that depends how eclectic their taste in music is. You're 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 pigeonholing people here unnecessarily, my friend. Um... <laughs> I disagree. I disagree. I think it's a perfect analogy because how many people's tastes are eclectic? That's the point. That's yeah. why video games yeah. are not trying to be everything for everyone. They they have a clear demographic. They have a clear uh, genre. And any game that kind of tries to you know they can fall down when they try yeah, to yeah. be the game for everyone so yeah no, he there's just he just called me right just so you know you, you know that <laughs> yeah right, Keith. Well, you, there, is, there is the age old there is the age old like trope of uh, if you're working in a video game studio like you're always wanting to work on the game that you're working on like that's just the ongoing joke it's it's and that's evident in the projects that people are given like uh you look at horizon zero dawn for it's a great example like them guys are working on Killzone. And they made Horizon Zero Dawn like right after it. That's how much they were itching to get out of that bubble. 
So I don't yeah. think there's a lot of developers that are like that as well. So I, I can speak well, for even, personal even worse, experience. Even worse, they had to make Killzone Shadowfall when they wanted to make Horizon, but they had to wait. Oh, that had to hurt yes. worse. Yes. Yeah. You can see the well, color palette, though, which is interesting. Yeah, I was going to say they were using... You can see from the, the vistas and yeah. um, the... The, um, the god rays and things like that, which were evident in Horizon, they were using mm -hmm. it as a test of certain certain elements of oh, code. Oh, which... you mean you mean that godly engine that the Sir Hideo Kojima himself wanted? So what he made Death Stranding with? Yeah. The... Yes. Okay. Yeah. Of all yeah. the engines, that's the one he wanted. Yeah. So, um, right specifically, I right. So I found working during COVID to be extremely problematic. And this comes back to what you guys were talking about on one of your episodes. You're saying if you've got a group of people together, I mean, physically together, you can problem solve significantly quicker. Mm. Um, so I know from my, my work, um, if, I want, if I've got an issue, I've got to potentially message someone on Microsoft Teams they may or may not get back to me. Is it how mm -hmm. urgent is it? Do I need to then phone that person? Um, do I need to set up a, a Teams call with them to talk it through, or can we just deal with it via Teams messaging? Um, do we need to share documents? All of those kinds of different things. That previously, I could have just walked from my desk down a flight of stairs and spoken to the person and got an answer. Uh, before you before you answer that question, I just want to pitch this into just in case so from what i my knowledge on a certain thing that i can't talk about they are forced to use a certain studio i know is forced to use actually multiple types of software for doing the same thing like they have to use teams but then they also have to use zoom and they have to use slack because slack is more convenient between each developer team but they have to use teams because the corporation forces that upon them but they use zoom because it's more convenient for everybody else do you run into that issue as well? No. Um, it's all, yeah. I mean, we, we all just use Teams, basically. Oh, That's okay. the majority of what people are switched over to because it's like the corporate, more easier way to deal with sort of stuff. My nonprofit used Teams, so I, I yeah, that's what yeah. we used as well. We use it for video as well. We use it for sharing stuff out. It's, um, yeah, it's just the bug standard. Like most people I know in the industry are sort of dealing with that as well. Like mm -hmm. I think some companies might have made deals with Zoom earlier on sort of thing. And I think that's the reason why they're sort of forcing that upon their employees maybe. But for the most part, it's just, yeah, as long as people aren't using Discord, then, you know, Teams is the next best second. Because that was definitely a problem at the start of the pandemic. Uh, people really didn't like using Skype from 20 nine like hmm. two, 2009 so they were like yeah i'm going to use this instead and then eventually everyone's just like all right company-wide we're going to switch over to teams it's the closest thing to discord and we can look after everyone i wonder if sony's going to transfer not only the players but their corporation to team uh to zoom i mean not zoom um discord Jesus, that would be interesting discord, yeah <laughs> i'm sorry it's almost gone seven percent people <laughs> enjoy your tennis game <laughs> oh jeez, I, I don't think I'll make it to the court. I'm like, uh, just kidding, just I'm kidding. So, um, one one question that for for you, Vin, is I, I find it difficult to get an answer from someone who's in the same time zone as I am. Mm. <laughs> what 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 is it? What is it like? Or what is it? Ha has it been like when yeah, you're having I mean, to deal with people from multiple different time zones? 
Yeah, it's it's weird because like the reason why I work in a game studio because I like working with people physically. It's always been like my preference. Yeah. I I worked at Ubisoft in Osaka for like three years and then I switched over to freelance for a couple. And that two years, like I despised it. I really hated it. Like people think that it's like this nice liberating thing, but now that everyone's had a taste of that, they like oh wait no this isn't as great as it sounded back in the day mm. like a lot of people like the idea of working from home but just that problem of not being able to get in touch with someone not being able to physically walk up to their desk and poke them on the shoulder and be like hey can i get some feedback on the thing that i'm working on like that can kill a day of work sometimes because if someone's busy and they're not at their desk or whatever or they're in a meeting and you mm. message them on on teams and they don't reply to you like you, you burn half a day sometimes, which is kind of vital in games development, especially for like concept artists, because we normally only get like three days to finish a piece. So if we're stalled by half a day, like it, it can mess up our week basically. Um, but that's well, slowly gotten better. For clarification, and I don't, I obviously we don't want you to disclose something you can't disclose. Are you guys solely at Ubisoft Montreal remote, or can you choose to go in, or what's your what's your kind of situation because of COVID? I, I, th I think that information is available um, pretty freely. Um, now, where it's a hybrid model, okay. While the, while the government like provides it, like mm -hmm. if you want to work 100% from home, you can. Um, if you want to work at the office five days of the week, then you absolutely can as well. So it's really up to you. How that's going forward in long term is very much up in the air and it's for every game. What do you choose personally right now? Yes, uh, are you going in? Because you said you don't like to look behind. Right. At first, I was going back to the studio. The second that they said, yeah, you can go back and can return to work. I was like, right, dope. I'm, I'm going in. I went in, wore the mask, like, did all the hand thing, got temperature checked every day. You walk onto the floor, like, cool, back in the studio. You sit down, then you, you and maybe two other people on the floor of normally 400 people. And you're like, okay, why the hell am I here? Like yeah. nobody yeah. else is here. That's what, um, that's what I was going to say because, uh, oh, go ahead, Dan. So I was in a completely different industry. But that's what my brother said. He said his company said, you can come back in. He's like, awesome, I can go see my colleague. And he said the three times he's been in, it's been him on the entire floor to himself. And he's like, what computer shall I pick today? <laughs> yeah, it's really bizarre because like you're, you're working on sometimes these massive triple A games and you just do not yeah. feel the power of it anymore because when you're yeah. in the studio working on these games like the motivation that you get from walking like by just this massive people that are all just busting ass every day like everyone's really passionate about it, everyone's really excited about it like you got someone working on weather systems or like you pass someone asking physics engines and all this sort of stuff you're like yeah this is cool like I feel like I'm contributing to something here like this feels really great but now mm -hmm. it's just you go into an empty studio and sort of like uh, it's like it you're detached from it at that point which is that is the biggest demotivator for me personally but yeah I, i'm definitely in the minority like most people like working from home so yeah i was gonna say a, a place i know it's quite similar in studio as well where it is not as big of a number you would expect it to be of people coming back yeah it's really well, that's it's, it, that's common uh, from most of the people mm -hmm. who I know, other than teachers. Um, so, Chris, how did that how did that work for you? Um, so, did you set up Zoom calls with yourself, or <laughs> did you just talk? <laughs> how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm excellent. <laughs> It was like, uh, come on, pull yourself together. You can, you can do this. Like, 
Get your shit together, Chris. Come on. Like, the like the non-technology version of a Zoom is you standing in the mirror looking at yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's also the good definition for insanity. But yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not if it's productive. <laughs> it's... Well, what, but I did well, need to download, did, you know, Teams. So that's a plus. Did, did, that's fine. Did you did you order a volleyball? Sit next to you, just so you had a. Oh, uh, I could have done that. Yeah, I will sit here. Right. Cut myself. Yeah. I mean, if, um, if you're really that lonely, you know, there's a thing you can buy bots to comment on your 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 social media posts, and that will give you some friends. Well, is there, there was um, yeah. there's there's a a, a web oh, I can't remember the name of it. It was on BBC Click, and they were talking about the rise of um, homeworking and more people setting up their own businesses being one person industries. Um, and what you do is you sign up, and you basically commit a cal- to your calendar on this website. Say, I want to um, talk to three people today and here's here's what i'm going to do during those three stints and you look at other people's calendars and it could just be um someone doing a yoga lesson or it could be someone doing a cooking class but the fact that you go online and you commit in a calendar to doing something with that individual so you could be coding at the same time as this person's baking a cake but you've committed to doing that activity during that moment in time and you're doing it with that person so you're not technically alone but you're doing disparate things but you're talking to one another at the same time so you're getting that interaction but you're you're forcing yourself to be productive during that period of time fascinating it's kind of like a hacker spaces i don't know if you've ever seen those but that's like like community hacker spaces where people just go and they contribute to like different weird things like someone will be hacking a vcr from like 1983 or something and someone else will be making led stuff but you're all like in the same community on separate things yeah. the only reason why they're there is that connection so yeah that's fascinating it, it makes sense though i started to watch twitch streamers and uh just have them on in the background and then like every now and again interact with them uh when i'm just like doing something that i can do that's in my wheelhouse that I don't have to think about too much and it's just sort of like autopilot mm. just to keep that yeah just kind of maybe try to get that human element involved with it mm. as well because otherwise yeah. it's just boring so yeah there's little things we can do I suppose yeah the mental side of like working from home has just completely changed everything because there's a lot of people that thought that they could probably handle it but then when they're actually in the business of doing it two and a half years into it they're just kind of like yeah i really really don't like this anymore like i want to be in a studio again and it's just we got to face the reality that the game's in going this way but i think this is going to change the industry forever unfortunately in good and bad ways but yeah it's just we're all gonna have to get used to this normal yeah but i think companies can still find a way to make it still like a community like still find ways to integrate the the, the studios together like an example like in, in my example like if i were to work for a company i would try to do the hybrid model like i would go in a couple of days a week and then i would work from home a couple sure. days a week like jump in and jump out so therefore i'm still getting that social interaction but i'm getting that convenience of working from home but then it's the studio can do like hey like let's let's amend that you know for these couple days on um, this month, like everybody needs to come in so we all can work together and, and so that we do have, it's not, it's not as forceful as like, yeah, you have to come in every Thursday, but it's like, maybe you come in like 
this day and this day uh, twice a month where everyone does come in or uh, I know some studios um, not I know one from friends that I know um, still do social interactions together and pay them for the entire day to go do something like he took his entire department to Disneyland and that's what they did or they went go went axe throwing and that's a way to still keep that social while they're still working from home yeah Someone else did that in this country as well. He was called Boris, and he threw a number of parties at his house for his mates. Little did he know, no, he no. might lose his job for it. They were business meetings. They just they like to get hammered. When yeah, they, they, just, they just like they, to get hammered while they're yeah, negotiating what to do with the country. I, I don't think as well. I mean, I think smarter when I have booze in my hands. That's what they're trying to say, right? Yeah, I mean, we liberated an entire country, uh, basically from the tea. Yeah. <laughs> right. So my my last last boring question, then I'm going to do some kind of fun stuff. Um, so you guys were talking about crunch, and I posted a comment in the your YouTube video um, about a documentary that was done about Grand Theft Auto, and I can't remember if it was three or four or five. Who cares, really? Yes, they, they literally are all the same. Brum, brum, game, drive round. Oh, you can tweak it, your suspension. Great, well done, who cares? Um, the O-Tabs is rolling, rolling around, kind of scathing at me right now for listening to that. Um, he loves his driving sins. But in, in that documentary, there were shots of the development floor and there was sleeping bags, pillows, um, roll mats under the developer's desks. But for some reason, no one seems to be bothered that certain studios crunch and others also crunch. And that kind of brought me on to, well, how, how do developers deal with social media noise? And if it is noise, how do you tune it out? And if it's not noise, if it is if it is sensible and valid for whatever reason, how do you actually bring that on board? Or is it just that social media that's bound to be garbage and we will insulate ourselves from that as much as humanly possible? Uh, let me add another question to it just to you know, add on the pile of the burger stack of questions. Um, is because of the, at, the from home aspect of game development now does it not feel as much as crunch because it's not like you're again having a sleeping bag under your studio you have a bed you can go to bed to you're just working well chris definitely has a bed in his studio (laughs) well i guess it's more for vin i mean he he just he just shipped a game recently so i guess that's more maybe more of a question for him because he did ship rainbow six uh extraction recently so yeah i guess um for that, like for Mitch's question in particular, it's just that's the main reason why I don't like freelance um, is because you sort of get absorbed by the work and it's not anything that's sort of forced upon you by the company or anything like that. It goes for anything, really. But if you're working on something because at the end of the day we're making games, it's not exactly hard labor. Time can fly by and you're just like, oh, crap. Like it's now 6 o'clock at night. It's not 5 o'clock and I've, I've worked over an hour by accident. Um the problem with that, if you're working freelance or if you're working from home, even if you physically desk and sofa, because you know it's in the next room, you're constantly mm. thinking about it. Like, oh, 
I really should have done that, I really should have done this. But if you work in a studio because it's a physical second you leave the building, it's gone. Like you compartmentalize it mentally mm. and it's sort of out of the way and it's and you don't think about it for the rest of the day and you go home, like I sit down with my wife and we, we have a conversation or whatever and nothing is bothering me. But like some people aren't really equipped even to have an office and that in the room. Like that nagging constantly goes at you. So I don't know if it's anything to do crunch per se i think so, it's more to say that people would, don't know when to turn off so would you say then actually that maybe the a traditional sense of crunch when it was in having an office was potentially maybe even less detrimental to the people's mental health than home because there's it's, none of them they're never leaving it's tough with when, when it comes to crunch and the people's opinions on it are based around um the games industry from 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20 years ago like the games industry has changed a hell of a lot since we teenagers pretty much so mm. if you go look back at the making of halo 2 it's a great example go and watch that documentary it's absolutely fascinating um from in retrospect you're looking at all these young guys under 30 um busting ass on this game staying there until three o'clock in the and it's sort of like this you know it's this positive view on crunch of saying oh it's a labor of love having a great time labor of love like they're putting their energy into it and just they're loving what they do and you have to we have to be honest about that and say yeah they were having a good time they didn't mind crunch they did see it as a badge of honor they did enjoy it but that in today's sense where people are a lot older we've got kids we've got wives we've got families we've got other responsibilities anyway. could you shut up about my age different. jesus i know i'm sorry man you just you can just tell through the viewfinder it's just his his viewpoints do not match my lifestyle currently i just want to make that clear um but I, I i will say from what i know as well is it's like it's not how they phrase it is more as if you know we don't want you to we don't you don't have to do it if you don't want to it's that yeah. you may feel pressured because everyone else loves the project they're working on and wants to spend more time on it and you may feel pressure to do so, but you don't have to if you don't want to. Yeah, it's that's a slippery like, slope for me. It, I, I get yeah, it, but at the same time, it's like they—they're telling you it's, you it's, do have an option out. But but it's also it's, the difference is, Mitch, when they were going through this, like uh, Vin said, they were leaving and popping something. When it's in your house with you, you're like after dinner. Oh, let me just get back on it and do one extra thing. You're more likely to do that than actually. But that's a labor of love. Think. You can choose to do that if no, you want it's, to. It's not necessarily. It's can, not required for you to go back to your computer to from, go do that, right? From a pra from a practical standpoint, on something that I absolutely loathed working on, um, being at home uh, basically gave some people the expectation that you were available whenever they wanted you. And yeah. so you need to be that. very clear mm -hmm. as a manager that people need downtime. And yeah. Chris, you mentioned this the, the, on the show that when you were talking about it, there are scientific studies that show productivity falls after 55 to 60 hours a week. Mm -hmm. we, we as individuals cannot work mentally draining. We can work more physically draining jobs, but mentally draining jobs, you're... Um, more than 55 to 60 hours your productivity is going to crash I, and then I, doing that I, I on doing that ongoing is up. even worse i mean i can relate to that and understand that like my first job when i was the program manager of respite services for my organization true friends back in 
like four years ago, no, sorry, for, that's not that long. Two years ago um, is when I left that company. You know, my boss's productivity was at like two in the morning. And so I would get emails at two in the morning. And yes, is there the pressure to answer that email right away or be like caught off guard and partly frustrated because yeah, I'm just like, why am I getting this email at two in the morning? But what I did, but what I did, but what I did is I made it very clear to my bosses, like you can send me an email at two in the morning, but I will not respond to you until I'm in the office at eight o'clock in the morning. I'm but, not going to respond right. to it because that's not where you're And he goes, I don't care. That's fine. I'm just sending it what? because that's my productive time. I've got no issue with people sending at that time, but there's no reason in today and probably even two years ago that they couldn't put a delay on arrival to when the day starts. It's getting that someone receiving an email at two a.m. You're like, oh, you're more likely to do it at eleven o'clock or twelve o'clock, anything like that. You yeah, you are going to respond. It's to less. That. It's less about that though. It's more about yeah. the there's there's a law being put in place in Canada and it's going to spread worldwide without a doubt. Um, it's something called the right to disconnect. Um, it's, Not post Brexit. Not with Jacob Rees-Mogg in charge. <laughs> yeah, but this, 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 this law in particular will spread worldwide because of the world that we live with remote work and stuff like that. And the right, disconnect, the right to disconnect is basically a concept where you say, okay, if, if you're available between nine and five, if someone contacts you, they have got no right upon you to, for, to get a reply from you at mm -hmm. any point. And that's a law in Canada right now. So like that's wow. going to spread with... <laughs> with that anywhere else it, in the world. It's, it's interesting, yeah. that, that kind of thinking, though, because if you look at Scandinavia, mm -hmm. um, I, I've sat in God knows how many meetings where people talk about Scandinavian levels of productivity. <laughs> right. Um, and yes, people in Scandinavia do work longer hours. However, they also seem to put in place the working conditions and mechanisms for people to actually feel like they want to work so it was a really, a really simple um, example that I was given at a presentation. This is probably going back about eight, nine years now, where a company managed to double their pro productivity in the space of a few weeks. And all they did was, as an um, ownership team, they went to all their members of staff and said, tell us what you would like to happen in the office. And they said, well, we'd like to change the office in this way. We'd like new desks. We'd like new chairs. Can we have a breakout area? All this kind of stuff. And they just said, yes. And they did it. And the staff were happy. Shocker. So yeah. they worked harder. Right. Yep. Happy staff like the, work harder. Yeah, the more, the more you're invested in the company, the more you want it to do well, the more you're going to work hard for that company. Even if the work yeah, is difficult, that you're willing to work harder for it because you want it to succeed because you enjoy being there. There's there also, there also, um, there also there's a very interesting book um, called The Maverick, which is based on a Brazilian mine owner. Um, the guy's a multi-multi-millionaire. Um, and uh, he went and did a speech in the US to lots of mine and um, heavy industry owning people in the US. And he gave them this example about an honesty box. He has an honesty box, in, or he did when he was alive. Um, he had an honesty box in all of his minds. And he used to fill it up every day with a thousand rares. And he used to tell his foreman, if it's empty, fill it up with another thousand rares. If it goes empty again, fill it up with another thousand rares. Now, to this guy, a thousand rares is nothing. 
Um, but to some of the people who are working with them, that's books for their kids to go to school. That's um, hospital bills for their family. And so it meant so much more that he just trusted them that they could go in a completely judgment-free way and just take what they needed. Um, and he was telling this to all of these American businessmen. And they did, apparently one of them just got up and walked out and said, I, I don't believe this horse shit. <laughs> well, because and, all they care um, about is making themselves more money and not... Like what is? But going this guy was this guy was immensely rich. He was one of the richest. He was one of the richest people in South America. Yeah. Um, but he he knew that that amount of money was pittance to him. But he trusted the fact that he would get um, the buy-in from people who worked for him. That he trusted them enough that they could just take the money. They wouldn't be judged for it. No one would ask them why they needed it. Um, if you need it, just take it. Um, yeah. Cheap way to get money into where it needs to go the quickest means possible, I suppose, isn't it? You, like whoever's going to yeah. take the money, they're going to be needing it the most in general terms. Um, and this was this was the thing. One of the one of the criticisms that he faced. And I'm going way off topic, but um, the, I, I find this absolutely fascinating. A former manager of mine, who sadly died during COVID of COVID, um, put me onto this book, and I bought it off Amazon. As a result, I put it off, and then he died, and I thought fuck it, I'm going to buy the book. Um, and um, he was being quizzed, and they're saying, well, what about fraud? And he's saying, the staff will know if someone is stealing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if someone's pulling in yeah. with a brand new car that they already had, like, <laughs> like a new Mercedes-Benz, it's like, clearly they didn't need it. Like, yeah. if someone's got, like, three kids and and she's talking about they're trying to go through college and she takes a little more out of the pot, obviously they're going to know. Like, yeah, it's like the employees will hold people accountable or obviously gossip yep. and get out to the, the manager and you go, okay, this guy isn't using it for the right reason. Let's talk to him and see if he's not using it. But it's just, yeah, I, I don't, the, the, un, the, and this is why I think like, you know, places like high tech companies or even something like game studios are, are successful in some ways of the higher end ones, because, you know, they do things to make their employees happy. They pay for not all, but some pay for all your medical care. Some pay for all your, uh, pay for, uh, taking care of your dog in the studio, or they have snacks and food freely available to you. Like not Activision people can't afford to use the, a canteen there apparently said, if you're a QA I, tester I said not all I said some well that's because Bobby Kotick <laughs> is a scumbag and he's running he ran a toxic company and now he's won capitalism mm. and Big Phil bought him because he likes that kind of mentality right no he's going to change it Big, I, we, we trust in Big Phil here unless you're an absolute Sony pony which is one of the hashtags that Vin has blocked on Twitter. Right, Chris, specific <laughs> question for you. When when you launch your when you launch your game, I like I said um, one more question. Now you're doing yeah. another one. I know, but this is going to be a, a, a quick one. And it's going to be a jokey one, and we're going to transition very quickly into some fun stuff. <laughs> I'll um, hold you to that. I'm gonna I'm I'm patiently waiting. So, Chris, when you launch your game and become a tech company in your own right, how much of the um, 40 million pounds that was paid out to Rockstar uh, last year, do you think you're going to take a share of? Oh. 
So this is, this is the government scheme in the UK to um, encourage high-tech industry that gave Rockstar 40 million, well, it was 30, I think it was 38.2 million pounds the year before that, it was 37 point something, um, just yeah. for being based in the UK. So how much of their yeah. market share of that government scam do you think you can get your hands on? Uh, I probably wouldn't qualify. I'd have to check it. So well, so if if you if you posted yourself as all of the different job titles that we were going through earlier, you probably <laughs> employ about forty people. You can do that. You go to company's house and you just put yourself down in, all, in the position. Down as everything. I'm the treasurer. I'm the CEO. Exactly. MD, and do you think if you just give if you give half a million to double the amount of people like that, they might have a better life than to give it to a, a company like Rockstar? That's, that's yeah, he sold another five million yeah, copies of the same bloody game. Right? Do they really we're, need we're moving that money? On. Yeah, but they no. sustain the Lincoln economy being based up here. BS, <laughs> BS. They'd still be well, there. Ten, ten, They'd ten, still ten, be there. And Scotland. No, I know. Mate, technically the money's going to Glasgow and Unite. Yeah, um, that is. <laughs> right, so moving on to the fun stuff. My, my second beer is... Gender fluid. <laughs> gender fluid. What kind of brand are you buying IPA. here? Is well, it, this comes in my. Is it an LGBTQ like inspired uh, brewery? A brewery? Um, it's. Well, I haven't actually read the spiel on the can. This come. These are from um, Two Chefs Brewing. This is in my box of beers that I got um, from. Um, oh, no, actually, I bought is this in Pride a, Month a, a over in the beer UK shop. right now. Is that what it is? Um, Actually, it is. I think it. There you go. T week last week because we did it for well, last week. Yep. There you go, the teacher. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Dan. And this stuff is no fucking obnoxious, but I paid for it, so I'm going to drink it anyway. <laughs> wow. Looks like it's already been through someone. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks like it's been the egg, don't you? Oh god. Yeah, two chefs bring in Amsterdam. It's interesting um read into that uh, uh, inflection what you will right so onto the fun stuff questions rapid fire questions for vin and chris vin and chris starting with vin and then chris if you were to be bought out by a member of pixel points who is on the show right now who would you be bought out by and why it's between mitch or burkoff i'm gonna go with mitch because to be fair. Sorry, half of that answer did not come through. So what, what, yeah. was, what was the reason? Well, okay. Mitch, yeah, like, Mitch doesn't care because all he heard was Mitch. And that was <laughs> yeah, he does. Mitch I just turned Mitch. Because I could totally extort him and steal all his money later. That's, that was <laughs> No, I'm joking. It wasn't that. <laughs> no, it was because he knows more about management, I guess. Ooh. Sorry, Burkhoff. Maybe. Off. Okay. The well, then, then, uh, then Matt, who's managed finance for the last how many years? And in, me, in games. Managed... Be, I'm being specific. I, I was so, actually yeah. going to pitch to Vin recently, being like, hey, do you want some help on your project? Like, I'd be more than willing to help. <laughs> no. See, this is, this is where I think... <laughs> Which then I saw his tweet of everyone going, no. And I'm like, okay, that's... The... <laughs> this this so is where you get, you get this in kind of incestuous feeling in the games industry. It's like, oh, you worked on games? Oh, maybe you should come over here. It's like um, the NFL at the moment, hiring coaching uh, um, coaches and assistants. Oh, you work with this person. Go come over and work mm -hmm. for us. Um, that's, that's how you um, stagnate ideas rather than breed ideas. Um, thank you for... I just thought I'd say that because you didn't say me. So, Chris, 
Um, uh, I, I'd have to choose Dan because he's local up the road from me. That's a perfectly <laughs> yeah, valid answer. Exactly. Yeah, that's a reasonable <laughs> answer. That's fine. You could actually have he meetings instead of doing it over Zoom. We could, have, we could probably have meetings, exactly. It'd be good fun. Yeah, face to face meetings. Yeah. In the pub. Um, yeah. <laughs> instead of Dan influencing the influencing the faces of children through education, he would influence them through games. Well, there we go. I mean, right. you, you have a perfect we test. Make his, we can even make his game scientifically educational. Uh, all, well, you all to all the schools make loads of money. Not only not only boring. that. What, <laughs> I was gonna say not only that. You have a perfect uh, you have a perfect age range to be able to test because he does have a little one that does know how to hold a controller. Oh yeah, he loves. He, it was, oh, he knows how to hold a controller. He also knows how to delete save files. <laughs> oh god, yeah. So he deleted. So I, I was a ninety percent through Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and um, I had I turned the TV off but left the console on, and he got the controller and was just mashing buttons. And what I discovered is he didn't only delete the save file from the main menu. He somehow uploaded the deleted save to the cloud, so then the cloud had no save. And I was like, wow, like, that's impressive. He's a, that's he's impressive. a secret baby genius. He's, and um, right. so I'm never going to complete that game, because I'm not going to play it all over again to get... Hey, uh, hey Dan, have to watch. <laughs> Dan, have you ever seen Baby Geniuses? No, but, okay, uh, I, I, I would recommend watching that film and then um, imagine your baby. That's what I'm thinking about but, right now. But today, he, held my, he was having my switches and he was like moving the, the uh, Joy-Con joysticks and was like, well, oh, I'm having a great time. And I was like, oh. Well, he'd probably be fun to play uh, the new the new Wii Sport, not the Wii Sport, sorry, the Switch Sports with. Yeah. What are they buying that? Right, so yeah, next, next You're question. You're full for... price for that? Oh my God. 100%. It should have been free. Following. Should have been freaking free. Uh, that's that's still going to be seventy bucks in twenty years' time. The big um, question is, will it have the same theme maybe. song? The da 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 da. Like, yeah, it better have that same theme song. Nintendo coming up with something new. Don't be ridiculous. Bitch. Come, on. <laughs> Come on. Sorry, Breath of the Wild was so new, guys. It was like the most new game I've ever seen in my life. Like Horizon Zero Dawn totally didn't I'm come out a week after story. that. I'm glad that the story on Breath of the Wild was just so unique to the series, that's all. Oh, yeah. And, like, the open yeah. world, like, it's not like I played one that was way more dense and interesting a week later. Hmm. That right. seems to have to be a sequel next week. Mitch, stop trolling Evan. Um, yeah. Right. So. It's a labor of love. <laughs> uh, right. So, next... A quick fire question. If everyone else shuts up, they can be quick fire. Um, Chris, Chris, you first this time. A game you would only play if a friend bought it for you. Mm. Mm. I like this question. Um, probably, probably the Tony Hawk's remaster. Oh. I love it. It's just I don't. I'm just not in a rush. It's like probably at the bottom of my pile, and I guess that's where I'm going with that question. So it's the bottom no. of my would play pile but if someone bought it for me i'd totally thank it out. i'd agree with you too it's like it's like you played it and you, yeah. you don't need to play it again but if someone bought it for you i'd play it again oh yeah. man that, yeah i like that skate, i like getting that. those skate so. tapes <laughs> oh yeah again yeah. those the vhs's i wonder if they're uh if digital copies this time around <laughs> Maybe. CDs or they're just cloud they're just clouds now now they're clouds, clouds. It's, just clouds. The, it's just the YouTube Sad symbol 
or yeah, it's the um, Netflix yeah. symbol. It's whoever sponsorship bought that. That's what you need to do. So obviously, no, as, as as proven, no one listened to me, so they didn't shut up whilst Chris gave his answer and then started talking again. So Vin, a game you would only play if a friend bought it for you. All right, I'm gonna, Mitch, brace yourself here. Uh, Hold on, let me get let me three. get the things down. Oh, the last of <laughs> the what? Last of Part the Last three. of Us Part Three. Who says there's a Last of Us Part Three? Oh, it's absolutely going to be a Last of Us Part Three. Get out of here. We'll, we'll see. I, I don't. I have no idea. I know nothing. Yeah. Why not make the game that will print money for Sony? And why like kill off uh, Days Gone Two if you're not making a sequel? To yeah. Well, <laughs> well. Why not a studio that is known by name can just make any game and a new one, and probably just make themselves a, like if there's any game if there's any game studio that could make their own brand new franchise and people would still buy it just like they bought the last of us probably naughty dog sony santa monica like all those studios can do it so like i don't see why they couldn't do something different yeah but the difference between can do and will do that's true that's true well there's a difference in can do will do and shut up you will do <laughs> i'm not following the rules yeah, the like um well, the, yeah, there's the shut up you will do. And then there'll be the shut up you will do from Sony because that is a license to print money. <laughs> um, uh, right, so uh, penultimate quick quick fire question. A game that has ruined another game for you, starting with Vin this time. Oh, he's uh, still on my answer. Yeah, yeah I've, I've got one right off the top of my head. Uh, Dead Space killed uh, Resident Evil 4 for me, completely. Uh, the, just being able to walk and aim. Ah, Nah. Complete like I I mm. played Dead Space and then I went back. And yeah. I was just like, this feels awful. Like I can't play this anymore. So, and Resident Evil Five the same. Oh, so I bet you're excited for the Resident Evil Four remake because if they keep the same mechanics as RE Two and RE Three, that you can walk and shoot at least. That's a big if. But yeah, if if you if you can't walk in Resident Evil Four remake, I'm not. That's that's the rule. Um, I I, I think my guesstimation is it will be because they did it in the other two. Like, I don't know yeah. why they would make that stupid decision to say, let's not let oh. you, let's not let them, well, let's, let's, let's not yeah, give the kids the respect, candy. All the respect in the world to, like, the Resident Evil 4 team, because they came up with, like, the, like, the perspective thirds, like, mm -hmm. over the shoulder, like, action adventure, yep. sort of horror, sort of genre, mm -hmm. like, they invented that mechanic. Action movie, genre yeah. movie type style, yeah, for So sure. well played. To is that, is that the Punch the Rock one? Perfected. Uh, no, that's five. Five is Punch that's the Rock. Five. Because okay. it, because it makes sense because he's so bulk, like he, he literally is more bulk than the Rock himself. Uh, Chris, figuratively and um, literally. I just, I just want Mitch to shut up for a second. No, um, I don't like Chris, shutting up. After um, I've had a, a beer, that, it's hard uh, to do so. A game that has ruined another game for you. Uh, the Last of Us Two has ruined The Last of Us Three. Wow, <laughs> there's a double double whammy. Right there with you. Right double there with whammy. You. Like where's the where's the where's the game where it's no whammies no whammies? <laughs> yeah. Oh jeez! Pure, literally purely for one thread, and that's just story thread. Everything else they nailed it out. Okay, now now I gotta know this because you both are in unison, and yes, I'm breaking the rules, Keith. Kill me later. Um, what is the thing about The Last of Us Two that did kill you guys? Like, what's the what's the like what's the one or multiple story things that killed you? 
do we have a week to talk about this? Because it's, <laughs> I, I could break that game apart for days. I mean, well, I Mitch, Mitch did it for three hours. And I, I, did, I did do it for three hours. I didn't gush over it. I went through the breakpoints and then they all talked. I was a host. I, I, listened, I listened to the first 10 minutes. I heard you gush a bit. I vomited in a bag and then I moved on and stopped listening. Um, right. So the, the last, the very last question for everyone this time, and Mitch, I'll start with you. Um, there is a vicious and scurrilous rumor going around that I will be 40 this month. <laughs> um, um, so, so Mitch, you are 40. What game do you want to be playing? I'm 40. Holy cow. Um, I want to be in my bed with the headgear on. And yeah. like, don't sound old already. If you have ever seen Sword Art, uh, Sword Art Online, which is basically putting the headgear, you lay in the bed and you go into virtual reality. I want to play a fantasy adventure MMO RPG, just like that. Like literally, that's what I want when I'm 40 years old. And for clarity, There's that will that. that will be 12 years from now. So my my hopes are big for 12 years. Right, I'm going to go round on the screen on my side. Out. Matt, you're next. You are forty. What will you? What do you want to be playing? Um, let's see. Final Fantasy VII is correct. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> um. the the second remake of the remake. I don't, I don't, gonna, I don't that's not coming out. I, I, I'm going to be fifty by the time that thing comes I, out. I don't have to wait till I'm forty because I can play Horizon Zero Dawn two next week. Oh, oh. that's a good answer. There you go. Sony right. Pony. I, I don't mind. I love that game. And actually, talking about a game that broke a game, Horizon Zero Dawn broke The Witcher Three. I can't play that game because Horizon Zero Dawn is night and night and day better in every. In my oh, here, here's a good one. Here, here's a game that broke a game. Horizon Zero Dawn broke Breath of the Wild for me. Oh yeah, that makes sense too. We've already discussed this topic, Mitch, and you didn't Sorry. bring it up. Um, <laughs> right, Finn. <laughs> You are 40. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's seven years from now, so... Is this game more of, like, show your age, if anything? So because, much, like, because yeah, we're trying to talk about things that are realistic here, and, like, we have to talk, and it's, like, seven years from now. Okay, what's realistic in seven years? Okay, I've got one. Um, maybe maybe uh, Sony... Six? Yeah, maybe Sony will grow a pair of balls and actually remake Eco. That's that's what I want to Ooh, nice. They're cowards and they should do it. What if Blue Point's doing it right now and you have no idea? They're not doing it. Well, they said they were working on a new game, not a remake. Uh, the uh, team yeah. is big enough they can work on two. Just saying. Yeah, they're not doing it. People don't I, carry enough about they, Eco. They're hiring enough for no, two they're hiring enough for two team studios, just saying. No one cares about Eco. I mean it's just oh, hand holding hand holding simulator, isn't it? Um, Chris. Wow, you're taking the shiv and just stabbing Ben right now. It's great for lockdown. Like, oh, I can actually hold hands with a person. Oh, now, God. now. That's the most depressing thing you've ever said, Chris. <laughs> Keith, Keith, you just signed your death warrant. You are never going on their show ever. <laughs> My, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Chris, you you are 40. Um, what do you want to be playing? Uh, I'm going to play. I want to play. Uh, mine's mine's gonna be similar. Um, I want like a, I want like a VR that's like super HD, uh, like 8K, uh, ultra high definition OLED, um, sort of like Skyrim 
with branching narrative that actually affects the world and the decisions. And so it's like the nailed narrative. Cool. So the next level And it will be made <laughs> by Acrylic Pixel. You'll be the you'll be the director and creator. It will yeah. be made by Big Money Big Phil. <laughs> um, uh, okay, Keith, Keith, you ready for this? You are forty. What game are you gonna play? We 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 all know he's gonna be playing Streets of Rage Four. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is which is also the game that has ruined other games for me because I cannot play any other side scrolling beat 'em up now. Uh, it, you would like so Sifu. I think you would like Sifu. I'm 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 absolutely looking forward to um, the dot because how good Streets of Rage Four was. I'm absolutely loving the look of um, Tales in Time. Shred what is it? Shred yeah, Ninja Tales. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that was, That'd be awesome. That's on my fantasy, um, bro. That's on my fantasy. But what I will say is about all of your picks, you're all wrong because it's all going to be GTA Five. That's that's, yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We've not said that. Yeah. Well, I guess we definitely all will be playing it, but no one's not going to buy it. <laughs> uh, Rafa will <laughs> buy it again. I promise you. He, he will. He will buy it for all of us. He will buy every. Co sure, you, you know. Yeah. You know the question about who you would lend a game to and you would play it. Rafa will buy us all copies. <laughs> So we all I'm can play it. I've seriously thought about it, but I was like, no, I bought it on the PS3. That's it. That's I'm, the only time I'm going to get right the money. Right now with you. Uh, oh, I'm not. I've only bought one copy as well. Thank you, you two, I'm for joining copies. us, for sure. We and love I'm having you. <laughs> if you want to find... Uh, if you want to find the duo over there, they are on Polygon Force. You can find them on Twitter. You can find them on YouTube. Um, they may not have more views than we do, but they have more subscribers. So we'll we'll keep an update on that count to make sure what where where it's at when it ends. But uh, thanks for coming, guys. And uh, on that note, we're out. We're out. I forgot to do all the social media stuff. Oh well, because you're a horrible host. You keep forgetting, and you need to fix that, bro. Oh well, I'm the only one that posts on um, our Twitter and Instagram, so. Uh, I do it when we go live. Excuse me. I, you know what's funny is I actually liked the uh, Pixel Pint tweets that you've done in the Pixel Pint account because it <laughs> pops up on my phone.